You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Hey there everybody, welcome to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell Radio Show It's me, Joe Thrashenkill, and I'm joined by my good buddy Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm doing okay. It is really hot out all of a sudden. Uh, like a, a couple of weeks ago, it was still getting down into the 30s at night, and now it is currently in like the low 80s. And uh, this uh, southern flower is wilting in this <laughs> hot sun. I'm I'm already hoping for the fall. Uh, likewise, uh, we're already hitting triple digits in Texas, and um, <clears throat> according to my calendar, uh, we're not. Anywhere near the start of the summer, so that's fucked. <laughs> Good thing they fixed that electricity problem they had when it was cold out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now we're going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I doubt that there will be any widespread power outages in my neck of the woods anytime soon, and I feel confident in making that statement. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, thanks. I, uh, I'm outright refusing to knock on wood at this exact moment. Uh, yeah, if you do knock on the wood, it might catch on fire. Yeah, it's, I can't have any dry tender in this apartment. We're all gonna go up like a box of matches. You're just gonna have to pre-soak your pugs to keep them nice and moist the rest of the summer. I'm just gonna have soggy pugs all summer long. Oh, can't wait for October. <laughs> soggy pug summer. <sighs> the worst. We have, um, you know, for all you listeners out there, you know, we have a full episode. Uh, full of hilarity, uh, where we make jokes and japes about the foibles of the metal scene. Uh, but before we get into that, there's something that I would like to talk about that's uh, maybe less uh, silly. <laughs> uh, again, like lots of things happened this week. We want to talk about all of it, but the one that really matters, the one that uh, affected me, like affected you as well, Jordan. Uh, as we learned uh, a couple of days ago uh, about the passing of uh, Trevor Stern out of the Black Dahlia murder. This is um, unexpected and tragic, uh, tragic news. Um, I, I saw it when y- you told me about it o- online and I could not could not actually believe it at first. <sighs> it's um, it is a huge, huge loss among every person out there that I think is a fan of metal. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very shocking, very sad news. Um, it's one of the things that I noticed uh, following the news is seemingly everyone who's uh, had some sort of connection with metal had a Trevor story, and they were all, all like universally positive whether it was people who worked with him in some sort of fashion, uh, bands, labels, radio people, or just your average person who like would run into him after a show and just talk his ear off. It was just everything was love and kindness. And you know, we experienced that on three separate occasions for the show. He holds the record for appearing on the most and every time he was on it was always an absolute blast he was one of the uh, one of the first people we had on the show that was like in a popular active band and um when we first started doing this like i reached out to him directly asking if he wanted to do it and in those situations you never know how someone's going to react uh you may never hear back from them you may get passed around to to PR people or you know whatever, fuck off, kid, leave me alone. And uh, that wasn't the case with him. He knew who we were. He liked the site. He liked the podcast, and he was psyched to come on. And uh, it was always an easy show to do with him because he had so much to say and uh, had a great sense of humor and a lot of positivity. And we were lucky enough to get him on so many times and. I think it was the second time we had him on. There was uh, they were promoting one of their albums, and after the show, he we were just chatting, and he said something along the lines of, because he was doing so many interviews in a row, like when he saw our name on the list of things to do from the PR, he was relieved and he was like, "Oh, this is going to be an easy one. I don't have to worry about these guys." So that was always a a nice compliment that I remembered. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the way he was. He was a fun, personable dude uh, who loved who loved to just shoot the shit. He wanted to talk about metal. He wanted to talk about horror movies. He wanted to talk about video games and everything in between. And, you know, it, it's kind of a rarity that you have a guy that's into those things and also, like, is intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes these are... You have to pull some teeth, but it was never an issue with him. And, like, even in, I saw people say, like, just meeting him around and talking with him was like talking with an old friend. There was no airs put on about it. It was never, well, I'm in this popular band on this major label. I don't have time with you. It was never like that. It was picking up right where you left off and just psyched to talk about what was going on, what he was working on, what he was listening to. Um, I mean, you could just see from the width and breadth of just how many interviews he's done over the years with everyone and just working with different bands, doing guest stuff and popping on vlogs and just all sorts of stuff. And one of the other well-known and much-beloved things about him is that he was such a major booster of so many young and unknown and up-and-coming bands, especially the more extreme bands. You could go on to Twitter or Instagram at any time and just see him posting links like, this is killer death metal, check them out. And it's such a major thing for bands that are into that type of music and bands that like don't really have a leg up or know where to go when they're starting out to have someone of his stature and his ability to recommend them. Um, it's, I know we joke about the word exposure on here, but it, it was exposure and it was good exposure. And for bands that could be from the middle of nowhere to get that sort of pat on the back and a leg up just, to, to reach other people that he had the reach of was a major help and means a lot to a lot of people who sometimes just never get that help from anywhere and just even if you're a regular person you, he followed everyone on Twitter just <laughs> everyone yeah you want and, to talk about having no ego like willingly going out there and following some of the insane motherfuckers online just because like he shares an interest with you and and people would tweet like, oh my god, the guy from Black Dahlia Murder is following me. This is awesome. And just to have him pop up with a retweet or a like of something you've done just always felt nice. And um, I mean, just the the day before we got the news, he had liked one of my tweets. And it was always nice to see that little green icon of uh, his Twitter picture pop up in the likes and the retweet section just to be like if i was talking about industry stuff or even sometimes about specific bands it was like one of those things where okay if trevor likes it i know i'm doing well i know i made a good point i know i'm being funny and that was always a nice boost as well it's just um it's it's really awful i mean like you said he he was a huge champion of underground bands like he big upped a number of uh, of my friends' bands, uh, helped them kind of reach the next little echelon, um, because he was tirelessly devoted to finding like sounds he wanted to hear and making sure that people knew that they could hear him. Like even if you weren't a big Black Dahlia Murder fan, like a bunch of underground and metal elitists, you know that I know, they're just like this guy was a true titan. Like he he was out there doing the work and like giving the exposure that nobody else would. And in, it just in, fits, a, in, in a genre that doesn't often do that. In, in a genre that, like, it really is fucking crabs in a bucket. <laughs> like, people trying to bring one another down because they feel like there's, you know, there's only room for, for one band to, to get signed to a mid-sized label or something. He, did, he didn't believe that. <laughs> he wanted everybody to get their glow up. And it just feels like this is such a, a monumental loss and that I, there's nobody else out there doing that. There's there's nobody of, of his stature that was, that's been such an ambassador, for the entire whole genre of metal to to everyone. And it's it's just, it's a tremendous loss. It really is. And I was thinking about this after the news. Just one of the cool things about Black Dahlia Murder and Trevor was they kind of came about in a time where like new metal was dying 
and all the gimmicks and outfits and masks had gone along with it. And they were kind of popping up at the same times, like metalcore. And I know they were obviously on the death metal uh, spectrum of that sort of stuff, but it was kind of, uh, they were like a breakaway of all the new metal stuff that had come before it. And even for death metal, they, they all had like short hair cuts and they all just like wore band t-shirts and they were just regular guys and i think that was kind of good for a young person like me at the time who was starting to get into more extreme music but sometimes there's a you don't fit into the sort of cliches that we know about heavy metal death metal extreme metal the long hairs the leather jackets uh, that sort of stuff looking all mean it's just like here's some guys who work at the mall during the week making this extreme music with silly heartburn tattoos and you know not being too full of themselves or not being a character trying to pose in any some sort of way it's just like these are just guys who want to make this music and love it and want everyone to have a good time yeah i mean for years and years and years i remember all kinds of angry old heads mad at the black dahlia murder and their success because you know they 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 had a they had a myspace page <laughs> like they had colors on their t-shirts and yet still like worked their ass off over the years putting out like the best albums they possibly could again being devoted fans of the genre that these stanky old heads came from <laughs> and and really being one of the few like Real, real bright spots in the scene of a, a band that had gone from nothing to really something. It's 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 just it's a tremendously sad tremendously sad loss. And I'll always remember his kindness to us specifically. He never needed to do any of the podcast. He didn't need to do it three times. Uh, he didn't need to like watch a horror movie with us and just goof on it and have fun. Uh, so it's you know and we never met him in real life but it really was like talking to an old friend and it does feel like losing a friend as well so it's we're not the only ones certainly in this situation having these feelings but it does feel like a major bummer on a personal level absolutely i mean yeah we uh we were internet pals but you know he had tons of internet pals i'm sure that you know, several people listening to this were in the same same kind of boat. I, I know that he had people that knew him real well, IRL, and um, I, our hearts are you know with you in this time. If there's anything uh, being planned, anything uh, for memorialization, if we can help boost that, I'm happy to do it. But uh, well, I, I think for now I'm just gonna be real fucking sad about it. <laughs> I, I was hoping to get him on this October to do another another stupid horror movie and uh, it's I'm just I'm terribly bummed that we're not gonna have the chance to do that again yeah, yeah. It's, it's real sad um, alright folks I don't I, I don't wanna bum everybody out like I promise we'll still do a fun stupid show for you but this was important and we wanted to talk about it now that being said can we do you think you can change gears we can because sometimes some of these weeks we're just starving for anything to talk about. It's just sometimes things don't happen or if they do, it's the same goddamn awful people every week. And that's not fun to listen to. It's not fun to talk about. And other times it is just please turn the fire hose off. We can't take any more with the news. And that's one of these weeks. Absolutely. So uh, I looked at... Uh I looked at my feed over the weekend, and I saw uh, all of my internet pals had descended upon Austin, Texas, the city I lived in for so very long, and they were all having a great time seeing all of these bands I wanted to see. Um, Oblivion Access was the festival uh, happening this weekend, so a few uh, lucky friends got to see uh, Blood Incantation followed by Little Ugly Mane, and uh, God, I'm jealous of y'all. Uh, instead, I, uh, I had to go to... Um, uh, Colorado. I'm not entirely sure where I was in Colorado for uh, a lesbian wedding, which was fun and lovely, but it wasn't the same thing as seeing uh, cool underground metal bands with all your buddies. 
so it looks like the next opportunity, uh, you know, all of the uh, the online pals are going to get to uh, join together again uh, is for Maryland Death Fest this year. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, MDF 2020, 2K22, if you will. Uh, we talked about how stacked the lineup was. We talked about how it might be the last one ever. You know, these are all pretty pretty big factors there, right? Yeah, I mean, this is a major lineup with some of the biggest death metal and thrash and a couple of other subgenres in there. Uh, festival It's one of those things where it's if this is the last one, at least they're going out on a high note. You've got Carcass, Autopsy, Deicide, Obituary, Violence, Deeds of Flesh, Suffocation, Mortician. I mean, most of the bands that you could think of that you'd want on here are on here, with the exception of two now. Yeah, when we were going through that that whole stacked uh, lineup announcement, you know, one name really stuck out to me as it did to everybody else. I'm sure that not a small number of people bought tickets based on one name alone. <laughs> who who was that name, Jordan? It was well for you. It was this member, wasn't it? Absolutely, uh, the greatest of the old school death metal bands, certainly of the uh, Swedish persuasion. <laughs> You were dreaming in red, hoping to see them. Exactly. And and when do you get any of these sorts of music, international music festivals, and even it seems to be more of the case when you have to deal with metal, uh, there's all sorts of visa issues. In my daytime job, I only tangentially have to deal with visas, just only in like the smallest possible ways of having to deal with it. And for those of you that don't know, this depending on what type of visa you're getting, it can be a very arduous and long and difficult process if you don't cross all your T's, dot all your I's, and even in some cases, physically having an actual piece of paper in your hands, handing it to another human being in an office within a certain amount of time, you're just not coming to the U.S. It's not going to happen especially over the last couple of years between the pandemic and the previous administration fucking over so many, so many people who just want to come here. Uh, It can happen that you just aren't going to get in, even with months of preparation and having actual professionals who do this for a living doing it for you. And that's the case with Bloodbath. I guess apparently they just have visa problems. So even though they've been working on for a year, this is... They said their third time for this specific tour that it's going to have to be delayed because they can't get over here. And for Dismember, you'd think just off the bat, it's visa problems too, but it is it's kind actually of. not. <laughs> sort of. If you want but to play a roundabout way, yeah, that's a visa issue. <laughs> it's a visa issue of their own making. Oh, we don't like to see that, actually. So, and go ahead. I, I'm just wondering, you know, various problems you can you can have crossing uh, crossing the border trying to go to another country. I mean, it can be such as it can be a small thing, like you know, you get a misdemeanor in a country, so you can't come back, or you know, if you have something on your record, you can't cross the border, even if it's pretty, even if it's pretty small. You know, we talking to Will from Artificial Brain. That's a been a big problem for him. He can't go to fucking Canada. Uh, so was it something like that? No, it wasn't uh, an occasion like the guy from Mortician running away from, what was it, Polish border guards (laughs) and hiding in the woods. After stealing a taxi. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't like one of the times where we talked to Trevor and he told us a delightful story with the guys from Brain Drill having issues at one of the borders. We we agreed with Brain Drill we would never mention that story again, actually. (laughs) Well, it's a special occasion. We can (laughs) But that's not the case for Dismember. So in the statement, Dismember said, Due to the COVID-19 restrictions still active for entering the U.S., we were forced to cancel our appearance at Maryland Death Fest this year. We held our hope that the U.S. would follow other countries' examples and end the mandatory vaccination demand. With less than a month to go, that, and that is in quotes, hmm, has not happened, and therefore we see no other choice than to cancel. I mean, there is another choice. <laughs> there is an easy choice to make and a pretty quick choice to make with a month left to go. Um, so to, to just put this down to brass tacks, 
the U.S. is not allowing um, Swedish death metal musicians to come and visit for a weekend unless they get their their vaccinations. Specifically, Swedish death metal bands. I mean, that's why I voted for Joe Biden. That's the only reason because <laughs> he was real specific about that, and I just went, "Yes, yes, I agree." Uh, but uh, the the old uh, the old fellers uh, and his members said, "No, that is a bridge too far. I shall not be uh, doing that. I shall not be taking your Fauci ouchie." Um, gotta say, that's pretty um, <clears throat> unexpected. I know that. Uh, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, I've read all kinds of stuff about uh, how Sweden has their own uh, contingent of absolute freaks like we have in the United States uh, that have unnecessarily added uh, lots of death uh, and uh, mayhem to the uh, to the COVID count uh, because of a refusal to believe that, number one, it's real, number two, that you need to get vaccinated from it. Yeah, they tried to do the whole herd immunity thing, and it didn't work out too well for them. It did not at all. And... Uh, you know, that's a tragedy for all the people affected by that. But I do feel a little bit better as an American. Like, Swedes aren't so fucking good now, are you? Huh? <laughs> Take your lingonberries and shove them. Exactly. You're all fucking... Your welfare society with, like, your nice public places uh, and high quality of living standards. You're just like us. You're just like Florida, you shitheads. <laughs> you pull off their mask like it's a Scooby-Doo episode and it's just an american face underneath it <laughs> not, i knew it not so tall and beautiful now are we <laughs> old man sigurdsson it's you <laughs> um okay cool so uh dismember apparently you know uh we we can probably reasonably infer from their statement that they're they're anti-vax which is their right if you if you want to be anti-vax like that, you can do that. We have all of the. We've moved heaven and earth uh, to allow society to exist for you. Uh, but you know there are some stipulations with that. Like for example, you can't go play at Maryland Death Fest. Now the thing about the statement that stands out to me, and I believe that you pointed it out, is it seems like that they knew this, right? Maryland Death Fest. I think they were supposed to be the headliners for like the past couple of years, and. It's been delayed and things have gone on, but they're one of the marquee names on there. They were one of the headliners on a festival full of headliners, and they waited almost literally until the last minute to cancel. This is on them. They have had actual years to decide on either getting vaccinated, it's been long enough, you see people are okay, or saying, you know what, we believe in this so strong and we're just not sure what's going to happen. We don't want to ruin the festival. We don't want to cause other people problems. We don't want to cause our fans problems who may be traveling across the U.S. or from other countries just to see us. But no, they waited and waited. And like I, I use the quote from The Simpsons where Homer goes back to college and he doesn't study for the final. And he's like, I'll just hide under some coats and hope everything works out. <laughs> Same thing. They're just hoping, like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to be okay. What do we do, guys? Like, were they even practicing? <laughs> were they planning anything? Or is it just going to be like, well, it's not going to happen. T.S. Good luck for you. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like uh, it's uh, poor planning. I know that um, a shit ton of people bought tickets to MDF specifically because they wanted to see Dismember because they have not played in the U.S. in God knows how many years. Many, many, many years. Decades. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't help but feel for, number one, the, the fans that wanted to, to, you know, that already bought these expensive tickets. And, well, I mean, they're not that expensive. But, you know, all of the planning involved, taking time off work. You know, finding a babysitter, uh, booking a room with seven other grease balls uh, to stay at, so you can watch uh, watch a weekend of, of death metal. And uh, mostly, I feel for the Maryland Death Fest Maryland Death Fest organizers because it feels like they have been dealing, and I think it makes sense now why they want to call it quits with this, dealing with a bunch of fucking children. Yeah, it's not worth it after all this to still not have your shit sorted out and. Any time before this, this member could have made the adult decision and be like, okay, it's not going to happen, or even it might not happen. Let's do at least one right thing and cancel well ahead so 
that they can get stuff sorted, get a proper replacement, something, anything. And uh, on top of it, cases are going up again. So, fuck. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I, I feel like the the timing of the statements where MDF said that this might be the last one, it seems like they had a clue this might be happening with this member knew how much of a fucking headache this was going to cause with everybody that bought tickets and just said, fuck it. It's not worth it. <laughs> you dismember, you ruin this. <laughs> just the organizer saying our fax machines on just, you know, fax us your fax cards. Oh, the, the fax machine must be down. It's not working for us. <laughs> well, we, we'll, we'll try again later. Yeah. And sorry, I'm making them German. Um, but yeah, it's, at, at this point, as an organizer, like, what can you do other than if you don't get it to us, you're done. And they're done. Who knows if they'll ever come back to the U.S.? I don't know. Uh, if I were uh, one of the MDF guys, I would probably say, I know that you're angry. I'm sorry. We wanted to make this happen so badly. Uh, but if there's anybody that you want to direct your ire to, uh, please... Uh, let it be these guys and not me. <laughs> Dial this personal cell phone number that we have. Yep. That, that's probably how I would handle that. Uh, this, is, this is so dumb. This is so incredibly dumb. This is an own goal uh, that uh, just it defies categorization. And to not even make up some other excuse. Why not say... Well, well, we have visa problems too, or we don't have the money. Something. It's like no, uh, we're, we're so strong. Uh. We so strongly believe that we don't want to get a vaccination that we choose to tell you about it. <sighs> you know, it was. It could just be one member too. It could be sure, but again, like uh, rather than making that statement as a band, go ahead and point the fucking finger at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the guy from Hypocrisy, I think, is also some sort of had some anti-vax stuff going on. But I think they're touring the U.S., so maybe he got over it. Well, maybe. Um, yeah, I, this this is uh, this is a tremendous uh, failure uh, again that can be pointed at to like a, a couple of people instead of like all of the hardworking fans and organizers that have been putting this shit on for years. Uh, way to shit in the punch bowl. And now you're going to be any fans are going to be side eyeing anytime this member says they might be touring at least within the near future because it's like, well, this this band is still going on. Are you really coming here this time? Yeah. Are you sure? Should we buy tickets? And I know some people are going to be burned, and obviously some other people won't care and they'll go anyway. But I guess it's probably don't book them anytime soon if you're a promoter yeah it seems like your only opportunity here is maybe uh going to brazil <laughs> where uh did you hear a woman gave birth during a metallica show huh, i did not hear that yes yeah, so it's it's what happens when you say come to brazil you better accept the responsibilities and yeah went to see metallica and gave birth at the show and afterwards james hetfield gave the new mother a call which is very nice of him that is very nice um i think contractually that baby belongs to metallica llc now though <laughs> i wonder if they're gonna name it after whatever song it was born you know uh well, no, what's a good metallica song name for a band call of cthulhu smith yeah well orion sanchez uh Fuel Rodriguez. Uh, Whiplash Falcazar. We're out. I don't have any more. <laughs> um, very good. Very good. Um, well, uh, you know, I, you and I weren't planning on uh, making the trip to Maryland this year, but uh, well, maybe uh, in a few years... Uh, when uh, when people forget how much of a fucking nightmare this was and they, they get another one going, uh, we'll, we'll make a, a special trip, you and I, uh, so we don't have to stay with the, the really smelly guys. Yeah, just the smell of sweaty leather and old bass seasoning hanging over the air like a Silent Hill fog. Everything just stinks like crab and natty bow. <laughs> well, maybe next time they have Maryland Death Fest in a few years, we'll do a live show. We'll just set up a table and just talk at people that are just like, who, who are these guys? 
Yeah, uh, not, not an official part of the program in any way. Just uh, again, we're just in the parking lot, folding table in the parking lot. And we just have one guy up in front going honk honk honk. No wires connected to anything. Just shouting. Yeah. Eventually, Breno <laughs> will throw one of us through the folding table. By God. And everyone's like, shush, autopsy's playing. <laughs> um, well, again, a big disappointment. Uh, this summer uh, doesn't look like any, uh, any metal festivals for old Joe. Uh, it's a big disappointment again. Uh, but you know what? Uh, at least we have the, the magic of uh, recorded sound. There's all kinds of records up and coming. Uh, you know, just on a brief moment, like we talked about this at the beginning of the show, but uh, it is a good idea perhaps to to carve out a little time to occasionally discuss things that we like in the metal scene, you know? Uh, I want to I wanna call out the, uh, the latest uh, Devil Master record as being insanely fucking dope. Uh, Jordan, have you had a chance to listen to it yet? I have not. I've heard the singles, and I know we've talked about the band a little bit, but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Uh, I'm I'm really excited by this band. I think that they're going to continue continue to do good things even after this uh, this uh, upcoming uh, uh, My Chemical Romance date. <laughs> I hope they get everything that's coming to them. I hope they make lots of new fans. And they uh, have enough money to buy a solid gold devil boat that they keep in front of their crypt. Me too. Uh, so that is a record that recently came out and is good. Uh, do we have any uh, other records coming out soon? Anything you've seen there? Uh, I've been noticing that I'm not quite ready yet to say we're having a revival going on. But there's been a couple of bands that are doing like the alt-rock kind of heavy, catchy rock music that was around in the 90s and then kind of went away for a long time. And it started with Bleed, who you shared with me that we played on the show a couple weeks ago. Super, super kick-ass, you know, alternative revival band uh, out from Dallas, uh, now on 20 Bucks Spin. Of all labels. (laughs) I I love it. I think that's great. I mean, it's good for a 20 bucks spin, like the diversify by all means, but also do it with like good bands that could actually make you a lot of money. Like the, they're a band that has a lot of potential. Uh, another band that came across a few weeks ago, just absolutely randomly, a sky so black. They have an album. What is yet to come very similar to bleed. And just a couple of days ago, I came across a band called entropy. Um, and same thing. It's that like, college rock alt rock clean catchy vocals with maybe a little bit more distorted guitar a little faster than just your average rock band and i'm hopeful this is something i can get behind it's not like the hundredth thrash revival or another old school death metal band it's something that has gone away for a while and there's some bands that are doing good things and you know, if this gets people back into rock music in any sort of way, I think that's a positive thing because from there, they're just going to discover all sorts of other genres and subgenres, and you know, there'll be a new generation of just making rock music. So that's nice, and fingers crossed. Yeah. Also, I heard about this other um, you know band that's kind of bringing rock and roll back. Really, you know, I, I thought rock and roll was dead. Uh, to be honest with you, and, and until uh, I heard this band, I was like, oh, rock and roll is never going to die. It's um, Greta Van Fleet. Have you heard them? Yeah. More like Greta Van Feet. Have, so, have you heard this thing called Mumford and Sons? Yeah, there we go. Um, no, I'm excited about that. I, uh, when the show ends, let me know those names again so I can write them down and listen to them. Yeah, it's, it's you know what, it's... I try not to sound like an old jaded man, especially when talking about it, but it's like, it's nice to just hear a catchy rock song. It's just something I feel like we don't get all that much. So it's, it's nice. And it's nice to discover things when they're still relatively unknown. It's not like I'm walking around the supermarket listening to something and going, Oh, when did they start playing cool bands? (laughs) Oh wait, I get it now. I'm old. Ah, I got a good feeling about this blues traveler. Um, 
aside from that, you know, there are other records coming out soon. You know, um, in in the more metal genre, I would say. Uh, for example, um, have you ever heard of Behemoth? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. It's been a while since we've talked about Old Nergi, and I believe that the last time we spoke about Old Nergi, I think I said something along the lines of, I never want to talk about this fucking asshole again. Uh, but, you know, every time I say that, like it's it's going to come back. We, we have our guys. we got to check in on them from time to time. And it has been a while, so, you know, get off my ass. Uh, Old Nergi uh, is in the news again. Uh, we love it. He loves it. Uh, this time he isn't uh, lying about getting kicked out of YMCA uh, for wearing a metal shirt and then saying, oh, I can't believe you fools believed my jest. That never happened. As I was on the elliptical. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I saw this. Uh, I opened my eyes. I looked at, uh, looked at the news of the day on my phone and I saw this and I immediately just let out a... The... Um, the headline I saw uh, said, uh, Behemoth announced new album about cancel culture and social media, comma, release studio version of Of My Herculean Exile. Now, this is an article from Metal Sucks. You yes. You should point that out. Yes. So, sometimes prone to hyperbole. Yes. But. <laughs> <laughs> but. The, I, I read through the uh, the statements that uh, you know uh, old, old Nerg uh, left about this, and that that is that is what it says on the label here. Um, so it says here uh, of the album's overall theme and title, uh, Nergoldarsky Adam Nergoldarsky says we need to remember his name. It's Adam. It's Adam. It's always Adam. You will forever be Adam. Fucking clean your room, Adam. Um, the al- Take out the garbage, Adam. <laughs> you will respect your stepfather, Adam. I brought you into this world, Adam, and I can take you out. It says here, the album title means going against the current. It's the negative of the values and morals and ethics I stand against. I've seriously been wrestling with destructive tendencies in pop culture, cancel culture, social media, and tools which I feel are very dangerous weapons in the hands of people who are not competent to judge others. There's something I find very destructive and disturbing, and extremely limiting, coming from an artist's perspective. This is my middle finger to that. There's a song on the record called Neo Spartacus. Spartacus was one of the most iconic rebels in history, who went against the most powerful empire of all time, in the end, it's me screaming, I am Spartacus, and so are you. I want to spark that flame of rebellion. If something seems wrong, then stand up to it. Remind me what happened to Spartacus? Uh, he, he became the, uh, the spokesperson for the NRA, I believe. At least uh, in the movie, he got crucified at the end, along with all of his buddies that went, I'm Spartacus. So, hmm. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've never actually seen uh, Spartacus. I'm just uh, familiar with you know Charlton Heston as you know being a punchline. Uh, is it any it good? Was it Charlton Heston? I thought it was uh, Douglas Kirk Douglas. Is all right. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, Spartacus, 1960 movie. Looking at Wikipedia, it is it is Kirk Douglas. I fucked up. I won't be deleting any of this. Uh, You're confusing it with probably 12 commandments. That's it. God damn it. (laughs) Same time frame. Roughly. (laughs) Give or take a little bit anyway. Um, So yeah, Kirk, uh, Kirk Douglas. uh, Again, I I think the only, uh, the Kirk Douglas movie I've actually seen is uh, Greedy. (laughs) You ever see Greedy? No, I don't think I've seen Greedy. Uh, He's like a 90 year old man in that movie. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. Well, where it is, he was a piece of shit in real life, so. Oh, there we go. Um, so, yeah, uh, Spartacus, tell us a little bit about it. Well, I don't want to spoil any 60-year-old movies for anyone, but just, it's it's the usual absurdity coming from this guy. It just, like, I know he has stuff to deal with, 
when it comes to the Polish government and just their repressive nature and trying to like bring up cases of him defaming iconography and wiping his butt with the Bible or whatever stupid shtick gimmick he does. But man, you're not oppressed. Well, also, <laughs> you're just like, some dork. For for a guy that keeps running afoul of the the law in a place that is probably pretty identically legally to the U.S., he uh, he beats the case every single time. So it's like I don't know. It seems like you're mostly being annoyed by uh, by like subpoenas. It's not like you're being uh, you know thrown in the stocks or nothing. He just has a big lever that says blasphemy, and he keeps turning it, looking towards the audience for more approval. Well, didn't they do that uh, event? Uh, they sold tickets uh, online so you could watch a video stream of them playing uh, blasphemous songs within an old church. Because uh, they're the first band to ever do that. Right, right. And uh, I, I remember pretty distinctly they were like, this is a secret location to hide from the law or whatever. And it's like, all right, this is this is some real carny shit. <laughs> it's just... It, just like decapitated, now they're putting out uh, cancel culture is the real enemy. Being canceled is the the real oppression to me, a white guy with a guitar. It seems to me that being Polish is the real oppression. <laughs> um, it's uh, again like guys of certain age, certain demographic. They're they're pretty hung up on this this particular thing. Uh, it seems to me like once you once you reach that age and demographic, you got a choice you have to make, and it's, they've made that choice to fall into that uh, that particular crop of folks. It's a combination of they're just never going to achieve the popularity that they once had. Lots of people still say they love the Satanist album, but that was how many years ago, and they've Eight. released albums <laughs> since then. And they're even touring. They're just. They are just constantly... They're the opener now, I think, for Arch Enemy, or direct support for them. They were opening for, like, Megadeth, and it's just... They've peaked. They've plateaued. They're at that level. They will never get popular ever again. And now, social ideas have changed, and things have shifted. So when you do stupid things and people call you out, you're the type of old person who can't change or you can't like come to any sort of understanding that maybe what you say and what you do is wrong or offensive or bothers certain people instead of learning from that they dig their heels in and go no no i'm nurgle i'm not gonna do that it's your fault i'm gonna make a shitty album that's only gonna sell a couple thousand copies for diminishing returns um yeah but you know there is a um what is the word for it? A populist bent to this one, uh, at least, where it's not like uh, they're all against me. They're saying that they're all against us, and I am Spartacus, and you can too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, society's really going after Behemoth fans. It's just nonstop. We should. They're gonna. <laughs> we should be going after Behemoth fans. FBI is going to consider them a, an organized gang like Juggalos. If only. Yeah, I. Uh, I was uh, fucking around in San Francisco a few years ago, uh, going to some record stores and such. It was a it was a hot day, like in San Fran, probably like ninety degrees. And uh, I was walking past this venue again. This is the middle of the afternoon, hotter than blazes, and uh, there are so many dudes wearing all black and leather, and their faces painted and shit. And uh, I had to look it up. Because, yeah, Behemoth was playing there that night. They were just camped out, fucking six hours early. <laughs> just sweating and being gross. I remember the one year I went to Ozfest 2005, blocked I murdered around there, and it was uh, Rob Zombie was headlining the second stage and it was like a jeans and t-shirt set is what he called it. It wasn't like dancing monsters and he wasn't in the Dragula Hellbilly Deluxe get up. He was just playing his songs. And in between songs he was pointing out someone in like the front row who was like wearing all black and had face paint and he called him Count Chocula. And that's all I that's all I can think of whenever I see these people now. We don't really give Rob Zombie enough credit for being kind of a cool dude sometimes. <laughs> He's at the point where he just makes his movies and does whatever he wants and puts out albums that no one ever really listens to. Yeah, I mean like I'm uh, I'm not going to 
I've been burned too many times. I'm not gonna not gonna watch any new uh, Robert Zombie movies or anything like that. But I can appreciate you know his work with White Zombie and you know to a lesser extent The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, what's the movie I saw of his? Nothing. Thirty one. Oh fucking dog shit, man. That was bad. That was one of those I've been tricked. Oh no, <laughs> type <laughs> movies. Like when you see like, oh, Ving Rhames is in this movie. He's a real actor, and then it's like The Asylum. My wife is a huge horror junkie, and she will intentionally put on things she knows is going to be bad. But, like, that was one that she put on while I was in the room, just like, good lord. And she was like, yeah, this one is truly awful. (laughs) There was, like, nothing to it. No, it was absolute just void, cinema void. So, like, I fooled someone into giving me a little bit of money, and we have 15 days to shoot. Let's go. Um, yeah, I've seen that his, um, his latest, the, the Monsters movie he's going to put out is, uh, it's looking like it's going to be three hours long. No, no. Who's he going to fucking sit through that? You? Me? Ab- absolutely not. Yeah. 90 minutes. That's all you need. I, again, I don't think there was that much like lore with the Monsters you had to sort out. <laughs> He just really goes deep into Herman's psyche and how he was traumatized as a little Frankenstein. Um, I know inevitably I'm going to end up watching this piece of shit, but I want to go ahead and register my distaste for it right now. There's a growing number of movies that like I want to see, but knowing that they're three hours long, I just I can't commit to that, so I just don't watch them. I think that really the only way that I'm going to sit through a three-hour-long movie is like I've got to be tricked at it at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Where you sit down and just belts strap you in and you can't get out yeah i mean like uh the the northman that was i don't know it wasn't three hours long but it was bordering on it and again it's like all right i can white knuckle through this but there is literally no other way otherwise i'm gonna get bored and play nintendo or something i got a potty let me out (laughs) um regardless that's neither here nor there uh I'm not sure how many albums Behemoth has done since The Satanist now, but it's more than a couple, right? Probably. And they did that cover song of The Cure with the guy from Shining. Yeah, they did A Forest uh, with Nicholas Kreverf. 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 And it was bad. That was a really bad one. I had forgotten about it until somebody in my mentions uh, said something about it. And it's like, oh, man, this is a... Just a god awful like <laughs> way to uh, blaspheme, uh, kind of a classic, you know. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You can't stop Nurgle. We tried. Hey, maybe Robert Smith should. Um, I'd like to hear him get real catty about Behemoth's cover. Like, make him listen to it and then just get his honest reaction. Robert Smith, you know, doesn't he gets a ton of credit for being, you know, a, a fantastic musician, songwriter, you know, has written some of the classic songs of our time and all that, but he doesn't get enough credit for being a catty bitch, which he definitely is. <laughs> he revels in it and it's great. Yeah. Um he, we need we need more opportunities for him to uh to really just be a mean girl. Uh and I think that's a perfect opportunity. Let's uh let's introduce him to uh let's introduce him to Behemoth. That would be a great TV show, just half hour of showing Robert Smith things and just getting honest reactions. I I would tune in every week to watch that shit. Please talk about us. Please talk about us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on from here, because we we don't want to waste all of our time with with old Nergi. There's other things to talk about, right? Uh, Is there? I don't know. What else you got? Shit, dog. Like putting me on the spot here uh how was your day (laughs) my day was okay how was the wedding you went to tell us about that um it was was good uh i've never been to a lesbian wedding before uh and it's just uh it's like uh it's like a normal wedding but uh you know slightly more drunken (laughs) as long as it wasn't a bad time yeah uh you know, I, I, again, I don't have a ton of um, you know, reference points here. I will say that uh, lesbians have terrible taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> what were you subjected to? It's like a Smash Mouth and like mm. uh, Sugar Ray. <laughs> mm. 
but you know, I did. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to to get away uh, into and see an unfamiliar territory, and I did get to uh, you know test something I wanted to do for a while, which is uh, smuggle drugs through the airport. <laughs> Great. Um, I uh, I was sweating pretty hard uh, this morning. Uh, the security line wrapped around for about a mile. Uh, yeah. I finally get up to the front, and uh, what do you know? They got the dog there. <laughs> Just happy, wagging its tail, looking right at you. So uh, the way they had it set up is that uh, you know everybody that's uh, going up to the, the airport scanners, uh, you gotta you gotta pass by the dog. The handler is uh, having having that dog sniff every person that's coming through. And uh, yeah, I didn't didn't break my stride. Continued, and I just I just said to myself, "These dogs are f- they don't do anything. <laughs> it's just for show." Just walking like a penguin past the dog, trying not to unclench your butt cheeks. Exactly. Exactly. Now, by the time I got to the body scanner, they were like, "Sir, your your butthole is just stuffed full." <laughs> <laughs> Please don't burst. Please don't burst. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, this show is uh, purely a work of satire and fiction and parody and all of the other things. I did not actually do this because uh, that would be foolish, number one, and number two, illegal, and I do not stand by those things. No, we do not condone any sort of illegality on this show. Exactly. Um, but yes, uh, Colorado, weird place. Weird, weird, weird fucking place. <laughs> I you were at one of the, you were in, in like Denver though you were at some like random outpost yeah well so I, I we spent uh, an evening in Denver just to, to kind of take in some sights we went to some I don't know swanky recently gentrified neighborhood and you know went to a few different places and grabbed a few bites of eat uh, bites to eat and a couple of beers around and it was perfectly pleasant but again uh, nothing different there from any other city in the nation I would say that has had a flush of money come into it uh, but the the outposts boy <laughs> uh, you get some real real interesting characters out there very much reminded me of home <laughs> was it just dollar store? cell phone store liquor store dollar store yeah yeah i mean and because it's colorado you got like you know your liquor store gun store uh dollar general uh dispensary (laughs) those are those are the four things i haven't been to too many weddings thankfully um one of the benefits of not having friends or talking to too many family members uh but but a couple years ago i had to go out to columbus ohio Uh, my girlfriend's family member was getting married and i think we were going out to some sort of pre-wedding dinner with a bunch of people involved so we all piled into someone's suv and it's like oh it's however many miles away and we get off the highway and i'm kind of looking at the area i'm just like all right well it's probably you drive through this neighborhood and and we'll be there and it just kept getting progressively worse and worse and they're like oh we should see the place and whatever address they put in was just this massive massive supermarket sized 99 cent store (laughs) and i'm i'm just in the back seat covering my mouth trying not to let anyone see me laugh (laughs) because they're just like oh i don't understand i thought this was the and i'm just like this is not the address (laughs) you're in the wrong place i hope you all know that and eventually it got sorted it was one of those smith street instead of smith avenue Uh, deals so it was one of those was just like is no one paying attention does no one know where we are um I don't know. It's it's surprising you haven't had to go to uh, too many weddings. Like I feel like, uh, should I've done three uh, over the last couple of months alone? No, I think I've been to less than ten my entire life. Really, man. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I guess uh, everybody uh, everybody I grew up with my age is now uh, now getting uh, well. Now they're on their second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just managed to look out knowing. You know, unweddable losers and people who are just not going to get married. You know, they're with their partners and they're like, oh, whatever, we don't want to do the thing. Or they did it during the pandemic, so they didn't have anyone. Or they're like, well, we just did something in our backyard with our families. It's like, cool. I don't have to give you anything. I don't have to buy a suit. Have fun. I don't know, man. Weddings are sometimes I've been to some 
real uh, awful occasions, but you know, I've been to a, a number of fun ones too. You see some folks uh, you haven't seen in a while, or even better, when you you make some friends uh, of your friends, you actually get along with them. Uh, there's an unlimited bar. <laughs> just yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have a good time or you can't be friendly with people. It's just I don't know. I think just the whole process of it. And depending on venues and situations, it could be unpleasant. Like, I've been to one where it was just the dead of July outside, just sweating through my shirt. Just, you know, unpleasantness. But, you know, other people can get drunk and have fun. I'll sit here and eat my rubber chicken. Yeah, um that is a thing. If you have an outdoor wedding in the summer, like your your marriage is actually cursed. It will end in, in failure. <laughs> just ab- just sweating through this dress shirt, and it just goes on forever and ever. And uh, it was it was actually not that wedding, but another one in Columbus, where it was in July in the summer outside, and uh, it was a gay wedding. And the person officiating it was like talking about the Pulse nightclub shooting, and it was just like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna die. This is awful." Yeah, <laughs> just just say I do. Let's. Uh, what better way to commemorate this joyous occasion than to talk about something completely horrific? <laughs> um, hey, that reminds me, actually. Uh, I know that we have our cast of characters. We like to retire people from time to time. Uh, there is one that I'm going to allow for a brief uh, repeat here at the end of the episode. We don't have to focus on it too much, but I do want to register uh, that it happened and uh, share uh, a bit of disgust with it. Uh, <clears throat> this, uh, this local reporter I followed for a few years in Texas, he, uh, he was at an event yesterday. He's quoting, um, <clears throat> I believe he was in Austin yesterday, actually. He said, um, Quote, I love you, but I would love you more, Ted Nugent tells the audience at Trump's rally. If you went out and just went berserk on the skulls of the Democrats and the Marxists and the communists, evil must be stamped out, he said. So um, old uh, Teddy Nuge, uh, you know, in his, his twilight years, still getting up on stage to, uh, to, to go ahead and, and, and say some, some foolish shit again uh, in, service of the, uh, in service of the big wet boy. What do you think? What, what does that mean to you? I'll fucking fight you, Ted Nugent. I'm, I'm not afraid of you. I'm confident I could fucking crush him. He's an old piece of shit. <laughs> no guns, no knives, no weapons. It doesn't even need to be in front of people. It could be in any darkened parking lot or open field that you want. I will beat your old pedophile ass. Yeah, isn't isn't the whole thing with the uh, you know the the right fringe right wing now that they're they're mad about? It's not fringe anymore. No, it's not fringe. It's the mainstream uh, position is uh, going after uh, groomers is the word that they use. Uh, supposed uh, the pedophilic cabal that teaches your fucking kids third grade english class yes pedo groomers is their insult du jour yeah but again like we have evidence again there's there's hard facts documents and such like written song filed with the state uh that uh ted nugent uh fucks little girls so i don't know i don't know what to make of that and all of these state officials that keep getting arrested, being caught with child pornography or doing awful things to the children. So, yeah, there you go. Cool. I'll fight your ass, you old fuck. <laughs> um, again, like uh, there will come a day where Ted Nugent dies and a whole bunch of people are going to be like, oh, you know, I know he, he went kind of crazy in the last couple of years, but he wrote some really good songs. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say, no, he didn't. <laughs> he absolutely didn't. Always sucked. Fuck damn Yankees, die. Uh, God, that's such a... I hope he dies tomorrow. That's such a fitting obituary for him. <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned the damn Yankees. Like, what a, what a horseshit supergroup. <laughs> Sucks. Just the worst. Fuck them. All right. Can we end this episode on something slight more positive? Do you have anything more positive? I do. Okay. There's going to be a sequel to Spinal Tap the movie. How? What? Really? Really? Is it? I guess my question. Like, is everybody still alive? Like, Harry Shearer is still alive? Yeah, the main characters are still alive. I think one of their drummers, IRL, recently passed away. Um, and I think the manager, 
uh, in the movie has passed away, but all the main characters are still around. Carl Reiner is still around. Uh, yeah, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer, they're still around, so they're, they're doing it. And I don't know, some people I saw are like not happy about it. You know, leave it alone. It's a classic. The, for me, I think why not? It's been so long, and if anyone is going to do it right, I think they can still do it right. So like, go I, for it. Why not? I watch every single Christopher Guest movie that comes out. Like, it's another Christopher Guest movie. Like, why? How am I not going to watch that? <laughs> and I think there there is enough story to tell still because I mean, geez, look at Anvil. They're still going at it and playing these small venues and putting out albums. So it's. A parallel, really, for what Spinal Tap could do for their second movie. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, oh, no, I don't want to watch these people who are still very funny do the thing that they do. Like, Michael McKean's great. Yeah. He is still acting, and he's awesome in Better Call Saul for the seasons he was in. So why not? Harry Shearer is still with it. Christopher Guest is still with it. They're not faded weirdos. They're still hysterical. So, sure. Uh, yeah, fucking sign me up, brother. I'm uh, I'm ready to see that one. Um, boy, that is some good news. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the movie came out in 1984, so I mean, by the time they actually probably film all of this and write and do whatever they do, it'll be the 40th anniversary. Yeah, that's probably right. Like the thing that I do love about those Christopher Guest movies is that they're like 98% ad libbed as well. So mm-hmm. it's what you get is what you get. And uh, again, look at the track record. It's all pretty fucking strong. Yeah, um, mighty wind. I could watch Best in Show like every day of my life and I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, it's delightful and there's so many great one-liners and fond beloved memories that have become part of like English lexicon, go to 11, that sort of thing. That maybe we'll get another one. Maybe we'll get a couple. And I am hopeful for it and I think people shouldn't just blow it off just because it's a sequel i remember uh reading fairly recently that uh like uh, steven tyler felt like he was personally targeted by a uh, spinal tap <laughs> <laughs> anything in particular was it uh, the cucumber in the pants i think the i think it scene? was like i think that <laughs> they were like legitimately mad at christopher guest for some of the things that they put in the movie because they felt like they were saying like they were making fun of aerosmith in particular uh, which you can always make fun of Aerosmith. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe they'll have some honking on Bobo in this Spinal Tap episode. Oh, it would fucking kill me if they they mentioned like Spinal Tap doing a, a blues harmonica-based album. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. I hope so. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's make it a date. We'll go see that as soon as it hits the theater. Pandemic will like just f- finally be uh, winding down by that point. <laughs> We will share a large popcorn, and our fingers will touch, and we'll both blush. I love it. Uh, folks, uh, if you'd like to listen to more of us, uh, well, we do this show every week. Uh, but there's also the Patreon, where we do uh, bonus episodes uh, for a couple of dollars a month. Uh, aside from that, you can follow us online uh, at 365 Days of Horror or at Joe Thrash and Kill. Uh, is uh, on, on Twitter for me. That's where uh, I like to, to gab with folks. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, it's it's been a tough week. Uh, take care of each other and, you know, reach out to somebody if you want to talk. You reach out to me. I'll talk to you. Just don't be mean to me. How about you, You can be mean to me if you want. I, 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 I can't handle it, so please be nice to me as well. There you go. Uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.
You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.